From the 600 ESPN El Paso River Oaks Property Schoolyard Sports Studio, here's Steve Kaplowitz and Adrian Broadus. All right, happy Tuesday, everybody. 19th day of December 2023. Winding things down here. From the beautiful River Oaks Properties Schoolyard Sports Studios. Along with Adrian Broadus, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Michael Plundo has dropped by today. He's off uh, from Texas Tech. He's coming off a big comeback win last night in a bowl game for Western Kentucky. He's uh, you know he's got two different jobs, folks. He goes to Texas Tech, and then he also kind of moonlights as a, a quarterback for Western Kentucky. Uh, I don't know how he does it, but he somehow found a way to to drop into the. Uh, 600 ESPN El Paso Studios and pay us a visit today. Michael, how are you? I'm doing great, Steve. How was it uh, getting a big comeback win last night for the Old Toppers? A pretty uh, pretty impressive performance you had. Oh, it was, uh, it was great. You know, it was a little scary at first, but, uh, you know, us and the guys pulled through and we got the win. That's the best way to put it, and I agree with you. You and the guys able to get things done and do it in a very impressive fashion. And for those of you that don't know, by the way, if you ever wanted to know you know, what uh, Michael Plundo looks like or, or who he resembles. All you have to do is look up Caden Veltkamp at Western Kentucky, and I'm convinced uh, Plundo is like a, uh, a clean-shaven version of uh, Veltkamp. In fact, he arrived at our station uh, as a clean-shaven individual in the summer of 2023, and now he's growing his winter beard uh, in Lubbock, so he's got uh, some facial hair. But I don't care what you say. I took one look at Veltkamp after that victory over ODU yesterday, and I told Adrian, I go, holy smokes, it's Michael Plundo. Yeah, I mean, uh, I have. To, it's a hard life. You know, I got to go to school. I got to do all my classes. Then I got to travel to Western Kentucky for practice and games. It's a hard life, Steve. I don't know how I do it. Well, I don't know how you did it either because you were 40 of 52 for 383 yards, five touchdowns, and just one interception. So, um, you know, as a – I mean, between going to school at Texas Tech and then uh, somehow having a secret life as a 6'6", 235-pound freshman from Bowling Green, Kentucky, Michael, you do it all, man. Congratulations. This is like the uh, greatest double life I've ever heard anybody live. I'm very impressed. Thank you. Uh, as a result, I'll be uh, declaring for the draft now just because of that performance alone. You don't have uh, enough eligibility, but it'll be coming soon. So I like that. That was a good line. That was a good line. Maybe maybe you'll realize your dream. Maybe one day Caden Veltkamp will be quarterbacking the Pittsburgh Steelers and you will actually come full circle. How great would that be? That would. I'd immediately contact you and Adrian if that were to happen instantly. It could. You never know, right, Adrian? It could happen. Uh, yeah. Anything, anything's possible around here. Hey, he could, uh, you know, springboard himself after that performance with Western Kentucky. Have a great season next year. Enter the portal. Go to a Power Five yes. team. Lead him uh, as a quarterback. Veltkamp is a good guy. I mean, he, that was his first time we really got to see him in action uh, for Western Kentucky in a big game. That's big time right there by Veltkamp. I was impressed. I really was impressed. So, and I don't impress easy, but yeah, that was. Uh, that was terrific. But anyway, congratulations to um, Veltkamp and uh, give us a full preview now that the semester is over. Uh, you know, last time we talked to you a couple of weeks ago, you told us that uh, you know you were you've been busy with schoolwork and everything else, and and hopefully get yourself uh, an opportunity to get on air in Lubbock pretty soon. 
Yeah, so um, I ended the semester on a strong note, which is always great. Uh, there was a little bit of a uh, worrisome in uh, my statistics class based on uh, the final having over 100 questions. So uh, that put a little bit of uh, distress on me, but I was able to get through it. We passed the class with a satisfactory grade. So uh, I got through the semester just fine, and uh, I'm happy. As far as uh, on air goes, um, I'm still looking. Uh, I'm getting in contact with my uh, advisor who – I just uh, actually had a meeting with a couple days ago, and uh, we talked as far as opportunities I can do at Texas Tech to get involved. So next semester, uh, I'm going to try and uh, you know really put my foot on the gas for that. Please, and I'm going to tell you why. We have a tremendous success rate here at this radio station. In fact, almost all of our interns go on to do bigger and better things. And if you flunk out and become that one former intern who does nothing in this business, you will forever be known as the cast-off intern on 600 ESPN El Paso, Michael. And I really, truly hope that does not, uh, you know, that, that does not stay with you for the rest of your life. Oh, trust me, that's a that's a title I don't want. And uh, it's funny that you bring that up because me and Adrian, before uh, you came in, we were going over applications. He was helping me with a couple of things. And uh, so those applications are being sent off. I promise they're not going to be a cast-off intern on my name. Good, because I will be more than happy to give you a, a recommendation to help you get uh, whatever you're applying for because that's how, uh, how good you were in the summer and how much we believe in you. But if you fail, just realize that uh, it will be forever known as, you know, you'll be the the intern that uh, that that just couldn't cut it and that would be awful because I you know I'll be talking about you for years I'll be like oh man we've had so many great interns they've all gone on to bigger and better things some have done TV some have done you know national stuff some have gone on to work here at this radio station but we had this one guy Michael Plundo who showed so much uh, you know so much promise and God he just he bombed out we don't know what happened to him but man he just couldn't cut it in Lubbock and that just doesn't sound good doesn't feel good and I don't like that that is not something that for this internship program that has been so good over the years for us, Michael, we need you to uh, to just start uh, going into the business in, in Lubbock and take uh, take over, take control. No, of course. I mean, the last thing I would want to do is uh, bring disappointment to you and uh, Adrian. So like yeah. I said, I mean, you know, I've been talking, I've been putting my head out there, I've been trying to get myself out there. But like I said, you know, I haven't been that lucky. But Hopefully, with these applications I sent off, we get more lucky. Yeah, I agree with that. That'll be good. Um, anyway, listen, it's 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 important stuff. It it, it really is. So um, we'll look forward to uh, seeing how things uh, transpire with you. And by the way, it's gonna be a fun show today. We're excited. It's a Tuesday. In fact, we're with you for three hours today till seven o'clock. Five o'clock today will be Lane Frank. Because um, he is getting ready to head out for the holidays. So we will have, this is going to be fun. We will have Lane Frank today going one-on-one. Now, we could have had him go one-on-one with Michael Plundo, which really would be kind of cool because former intern going head-to-head against our our 15-year-old Wonderkind would be fantastic. But no, we've taken it a step beyond, okay? Today on Sports Talk. In our 5 o'clock hour, Lane Frank perhaps has met his match. He will be picking NFL games against my 12-year-old nephew, Benny Kaplowitz. So, uh, Benny, who I still believe will probably be the youngest Las Vegas handicapper in the history of sports wagering, um, we'll come into our uh, 600 ES Piano Paso, River Oaks property, Schoolyard Sports Studios, and go one-on-one 
with Lane today. And Adrian, it won't get any better than Lane kind of seeing himself. Because let's be honest, when Lane started in this business, he was 12 years old doing his first schoolyard sports, uh, schoolyard sports podcast. 12 years old. And he was good. He was good. Benny Kaplowitz is 12 years old, and he's a sixth grader at Hornado. And the fact that he will be dropping by our studios in less than an hour to go toe-to-toe with Lane Frank, uh, I'm excited about this. I really am, and I can't wait to see if, uh, in fact, uh, Lane has met his match this week. I've literally been waiting for this for two weeks. Um, I'm happy that this is actually happening today. Uh, I'm so excited about it. you know, Benny is somebody who's called in on minor talk before and blown me away from his knowledge on the UTEP basketball team. Yes. And now you're telling me he's ready to handicap NFL games against Lane Frank. Let's go. I'm ready for this. Uh, I I heard a rumor, Steve, that he's actually given advice on a parlay, uh, one or two in, in the past. Uh, and yeah, I think I might need to take some sound advice from our pal, Benny Kaplowitz, coming he, up. He hit a three-teamer that his dad placed for him in Vegas uh, uh, back in September, so yeah, Excellent. he's uh, he he knows a little thing or two when it comes to uh, sports wagering. Which again, I probably shouldn't be bragging on the radio that a twelve year old is is hitting parlays because that's completely illegal. But uh, you know, he's not the one placing the wagers; that would right. be someone else. But yes, he studies games, he studies teams, he studies point spreads. He's pretty much up to speed on everything. Wow, I'm ready for this. Maybe uh, you know, maybe he can get a little school from Schoolyard Sports himself maybe, today. So, maybe. There we go. Michael, were you about 12 years old when you first really started getting interested in sports or were you younger? I was 10 years old when I was uh when I first watched my uh, Ever Sports game and it was a Pittsburgh Penguins hockey game with my dad. And that got you hooked. Yep, from the start. Yeah, I don't blame you. Was that back in let me think who was playing for the Penguins back uh, in those years by what uh, you know, a, 10 years ago or so? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, you still got Crosby, Malkin, and Latang. And at the time, yeah. you had uh, Marc Andre Fleury as your goaltender. Oof, you had team. Dan Bilesma as your head coach. You had a team that was competing for the playoffs and making runs for the Stanley Cup. It was, it was a fun team to watch. Man, I like that. That's good stuff. So, yeah, we'll do that in our five o'clock hour today. Uh, we'll take you up till six. Um, looking forward to that. Um, meanwhile, you know, there's a, a lot to talk about on the show. It looks like Colin Deaver's on vacation. Um, maybe he's with Jerry Kill because I see beach and water, and it looks like it could be Mexico. So it is possible that maybe Deaver and Kill are on vacation together in Mexico right now. I can't tell where this is. Possibly so. Uh, if that's the case, um, you know what? Hopefully they're sipping some margaritas like Jerry Kill was talking about the other, other day. Maybe so. Maybe so. By the way, how great is also the fact that uh, Deaver was able to get Gael Ochoa to do his commitment to UNLV on the 6 o'clock news yes. last night and then just book and take off for his vacation right after the show. Okay, I'm a big fan of uh, pack, you know, putting a lot out there before you leave and uh, you know doing stuff like that, so good stuff from Colin. I'll also say this. As of yesterday, I was surprised, Steve. I was really surprised Gael Ochoa committed to UNLV. Um, I love the fact, and and big shout-out to Felix Chavez for pointing this out. Three quarterbacks out of the class of 2024 committing to Division I schools. You got Evan Minjades out of Eastwood, uh, district champions, played a perfect district schedule. He's committed to going to Army. You have Shea Smith, quarterback at Franklin, uh, fantastic season, but they had way too many injuries 
series to get into the playoffs. He ends up at UTEP. He commits earlier this week. And then Gael Ochoa commits to UNLV. Brennan Marion coming to El Paso, interviewing for the uh, UTEP head coaching job, and then stealing Gael Ochoa from UTEP, where he was previously committed to. Wow, what a twist and turn of events right there. I know he went to visit Vegas this past weekend. He will be graduating here in a couple weeks, and I'm, I, you know what? We could be seeing Gael Ochoa in Vegas this spring. Was that Brennan Marion's middle finger to UTEP? Yes. That is my question. I, my first reaction last night, even though he's the only quarterback in the class, my first reaction was, hmm, how interesting. Brennan Marion applies for the job, gets an interview, thinks he might get it, doesn't get it, and then, as a random coincidence, happens to get UTEP's only verbal commitment at the time away from UTEP and over to him at UNLV. And if you noticed, when Gael Ochoa made his announcement, the first person on on Twitter X that he thanked, Brennan Marion. Exactly right. And I mean, hey, look, if you look at Jordan Mayava, the current quarterback of the Rebels who hit the portal and then magically went back to UNLV as soon as Scotty Walden was named the UTEP head coach at, at you know, and Brendan Marion was uh you know remained at UNLV as their offensive coordinator, they get a guy who kind of resembles Mayava. Gael Ochoa, dual threat quarterback. Uh he loves what he could do on the ground. He's scoring a lot of rushing touchdowns over his time with the Pebble Hill Spartans. And I'm happy that Coach Walden and UTEP uh, honored his scholarship and honored his uh, verbal commitment when he first had it. But for UTEP, I wouldn't say this is a huge loss right here. I would just say it's more power to Brendan Marion for coming to El Paso and and uh, coming in and stealing one of the top recruits here locally. That's what Gael Ochoa will be known as from this class of 2024, one of the top recruits, hands down, regardless of position, what he's going to play at the next level. But when you look at Gael Ochoa physically – he is a put-together individual. He really is. So, you know, here's a guy that's a, a well-built quarterback, both upper and lower body, um, has a cannon for an arm. He really does. And what's so interesting to me is that when Scotty Walden was named head coach, the biggest concern, the first concern was, would he honor Gael Ochoa's uh, letter, or not letter, but uh, commitment, the ver- the offer and the verbal commitment back in the summer. That was the, uh, the the situation because, you know, new coach could always come in and say, Gael, listen, I'm sorry, but, you know, we're not going to take you. I'm, I'm, I run a different offense than the previous staff. I'm not interested. The, one of the first things Scotty Walden did within the day he was announced was, yes, re-offered Gael Ochoa, and Gael even posted on his uh, personal uh, social account, Thank you to Scotty Walden. Had a great conversation. Um, I, you know, I'm excited, ready to go to UTEP. Then magically, days later, he decommits from UTEP after he thanked coach and said, "Yeah, he was ready to go." It was so strange. Decommits, and then last night chooses between UNLV and UTEP, and he chooses UNLV. So, uh, were there NIL dollars in play? Very well, could be. Who knows? Was this Brendan Marion's way to stick it to uh, the school that uh, interviewed him for the job? Could be. Never know. Don't want to talk conspiracy theory, but that could make sense. But, hey, point is this. You get Shea Smith. Would have been great to get Kyle Choa. They got J.P. Pickles. They got a bunch of quarterbacks coming to UTEP right now. The quarterback room is going to be a little busy, even though Kyle Choa will not be part of it.
Exactly. And you know what, UTEP, they were busy themselves today. They got the Austin P transfer wide receiver today. Uh, that ended up happening, and he has been committed. Uh, they also, And that is Trey Goody. He had 721 receiving yards, seven touchdowns last year for uh, Austin P. Uh, they also got Mill Creek, uh, who's coming out of Georgia, defensive back and also wide receiver Justin Content. He was actually somebody who was committed to Western Kentucky, held offers from Coach. Coastal Carolina, Air Force, Army, and others. But he today committed to UTEP. So UTEP's getting their commitments, their share of them. Gael Ochoa announced yesterday he's going to UNLV. Good for all of them. You know, I'm happy that, that uh, we're starting to see the shakeouts, the unfolding of the early signing class, which will be uh, officially announced tomorrow. Yeah, I'm excited about that too. So, again, um, more than anything, I'm excited to see where UTEP ranks. That I can't wait to see what 247 Sports decides to do with UTEP if they're going to be there the bottom bottom of Conference USA or in the middle or near the top. I can't wait to see what's going to happen there. Right, and Conference USA has been really good so far, Steve, in trying to get high-level recruits. We've seen it all across the board. Uh, Liberty has been going out there and getting, it seems like, every group of five uh, you know, offer or, or guy in the transfer portal. They've got a deep uh, NIL collective right now with a lot of money, so the, the big uh, dog right now in the transfer portal across Conference USA is definitely Liberty. Let's see where you UTEP shakes out. Can't wait. All right. Good start to the show. We've got uh, Michael Plundo here. We'll have also Lane Frank stopping by in our 5 o'clock hour for our weekly chat and all of you with us as well for the three-hour edition of the program. When we come back, the Philadelphia Eagles losing last night and an epic post-game interview that Drew Locke gave to um, the ESPN crew. In fact, we'll play that for you if you haven't had a chance to listen to that. Lisa Salters uh, went one-on-one with Locke and, and really a great, great conversation. Very emotional, too. We'll do that right after we get to Charlie One, who has this traffic update 20 past here on a Tuesday. All right. Back here on Sports Talk as we continue. I mentioned uh, a little while ago uh, the game last night. What a drive down the stretch for uh, the Seattle Seahawks and and Drew Locke. Uh, That was as uh, good as it gets. And uh, the interview after the game was uh, also terrific and uh, something you probably, uh, you know, you've heard uh, at least checking in on all of the uh, post-game conversation. Drew Locke in Seattle getting it done. The game-winning touchdown pass last night to Jackson Smith Najigba. They get the win over the Eagles, who uh, have lost three in a row right now. If you haven't had a chance to hear the post-game interview, courtesy of ESPN, here's what it sounded like. As a member of the Broncos over 1,100 days ago, and Lisa Salters is standing by with Drew Locke. Drew, You've told us that it's been amazing to be out here playing again. So what did it feel like to orchestrate this game-winning drive tonight? Oh, amazing won't do it justice. Amazing won't do it justice. But amazing also doesn't do justice with the O-line, what DK did on that catch, what the receivers did, what Ken Walker, Zach Charbonnet did all game long, the tight ends, man. It takes a special group to rally around a guy that, you know, has come into his second game of the year, right? Used to the same thing all year long, same cadence, same spin of the ball, everything. A team like that, not just the offense, the defense to rally around. Me tonight, man, that was that was amazing. I see some I hear some emotion in your voice. Yeah. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. Um, 
I'm just blessed. I'm just blessed. Blessed with a great group of guys, a great city, great coaching staff. It's just, it's, it's awesome. It's a wow. Drew, when did you even know you were going to be playing tonight? Oh, there's a long story going into that one. But I kept the mentality that I was going to play, regardless of what was going on, how people were looking and whatnot. I was just like, you know what, you're going to go out there and play. So just be ready to play. Found out when we got here that I was going to get the nod and roll the dice, baby. Let's go. Take us back to the touchdown pass to, to Jackson. Just what was the play call? Take me through. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll remember that play call for the rest of my life. But um, we're breaking the huddle. I knew Jax had the one-on-one. -on -one. Good reminder from Shane in the headset. I said, hey, Jax, you're one-on-one. -on -one. I'm throwing you this pill. Sure enough. Gave us a one-on-one -on -one look. Corner was soft. Jax hit him with some speed. Back pylon, back box throw, came down with it. Again, Drew, we can see the emotion on your face. We can hear it in your voice. Can you can you just describe what you're feeling in your heart right now? Yeah, it's so hard. It's so hard to describe the feeling of, you know, not playing for so long, or at least what feels like a really long time to me. And then you sit there, you watch games, you wonder, can I do this still? I haven't been out there on the field. That's the human nature of it. You get back out there last week, and I'm like, you know what? I'm the man, so I can go do this. And then you got another test this week where I didn't know if I was going to play or not. Sure enough, ended up playing. We're playing the Eagles tonight. And the, the boys around me rallied tonight. And it's just, gosh, it feels so good. It feels so good. I'm so proud of everybody tonight. Congratulations to you. We're all happy for you. Congrats. Happy holidays. Drew Locke came over in the Russell Wilson trade with the what a, a great uh, clip that was. I thought that was terrific uh, with Lisa Salters and uh, Drew Locke. First, uh, first fourth quarter game-winning drive for Drew Locke in 1,142 days. How about that? Fourth of his career. Yeah, I mean, uh, all the credit for him to be ready in that moment. Uh, Geno Smith, it was all, all signs pointed that he was going to play. He was dealing with a groin issue or something like that. Uh, there was a big, uh, I guess it was a lot of on-field drama, uh, whether or not he would play or if it would be Drew Locke. It ends up being Locke and uh, – uh, Geno Smith was active but did not start and did not play. Uh, so Drew Locke was the guy who had to lead back uh, this comeback. And Steve, this one, this game was over. I mean, right? Like yep. uh, this, the Eagles had in the bag seventeen to ten. Seahawks driving at, at this point, but it was in the fourth quarter. In my opinion, I didn't think they had it. Then they kick a field goal, and I'm thinking to myself, "There's no way this game's long gone. It's over." Seventeen thirteen. Well, the Seahawks had a little bit of help from guys like DK Metcalf making big plays on that final drive and how about the catch from the rookie Jackson Smith and Jigba you saw it all the time uh, when he was out at Ohio State and now you get uh, getting a chance to see it in the NFL what a wide receiver group that is DK Metcalf Tyler Lockett and Jackson Smith and Jigba really right. fun to watch and then you also have Kenneth Walker the third running the ball with uh, Charbonnet it's a nice little combination they should be better than seven and seven right now yeah, they don't have an offensive line. That's where their issues start on offense. They've got all the skilled players, like we mentioned. They've got uh, you know at least a, a serviceable running game, but they don't have the offensive line. That's where they really struggle. And I, I don't think it really makes a difference. Geno Smith, Drew Locke, uh, that line has really been their, their Achilles heel all season. Meanwhile, if you're the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, three in a row now, uh, in those three games, Jalen Hurts has not looked good at all. I guess if there was one... Um, you know, bright spot for the Eagles. Their last three games involve the Giants and the Cardinals. They play the Giants at home coming up Christmas Day at two thirty. 
Then uh, six days later, they play New Year's Eve against the Cardinals at uh, at home, and then they go at uh, the Meadowlands on the seventh of January. I mean, if you think about it, there's no reason whatsoever why the Eagles should not finish their regular season with three straight wins going into the playoffs. Yeah, and it kind of reminds me of the three uh, games uh, that San Francisco lost in a row earlier this year. Remember, they lost to the Browns. They lost a weird game against the Vikings where Josh Dobbs led that come-from-behind victory in that one, and then they lost to the Bengals. Those are three straight losses that had us scratching our heads with the 49ers. Now, they're playing some of the best football in, in the NFL right now. So it's kind of interesting that these two teams have had very similar seasons and we might end up seeing both of them meet up in the NFC Championship game. I'll say this though, with the Eagles, I'm having concerns on their defense. That's where I, I have my biggest concerns with them. I think they're secondary. That's where, where uh, you could start picking them apart and that's where Drew Locke found a lot of his success through the air, through the passing game and that's where those wide receivers really stepped up. Well, the good news is the Giants and the Cardinals have no offense. So realistically, even if the Eagles are having defensive problems, we probably won't see them getting tested again until the postseason. Yeah, and I also feel like with the Eagles, I mean, Jalen Hurts was dealing with some kind of illness, not trying to throw a lot of excuses out there, but they should coast through these last games like you're mentioning. It's three straight wins that they should have under their belt, uh, and, and we'll see what happens in the playoffs. I think if you're the Eagles, you don't want to play the Rams. You do want to play teams like the Vikings or uh, maybe you know if they squeak in the Packers even though that seems kind of like an outside shot right now but the point is for the Eagles right now I think they've got to be very strategic in who they play in that first round of the playoffs. Do you even want to play the Do you want to play the Seahawks again after what just happened? Yeah you don't. No you don't. I agree. No, All right. I, I don't think so. 32 passed more in a moment but first right back to uh, Adrian who has this Sports Center update for us. Adrian, thank you. I was really hoping you would have the story uh, on uh, Tommy DeVito and uh, Coniglio's old-fashioned pizzeria. I love this story. So this is really interesting. Uh, Coniglio's old-fashioned pizzeria is based in Jersey, and uh, the story goes that uh, today Tommy DeVito, Giants quarterback, was supposed to make an appearance at the restaurant and sign autographs for two and a half hours for ten grand. Okay. However, the pizzeria announced on Sunday on social media that it would no longer be hosting DeVito after the restaurant received word from DeVito's agent that his appearance fee would be doubling from $10,000 to $20,000. According to Instagram's post from Coniglio's, the agent, Sean Stellato, raised the appearance fee and doubled it after DeVito led the Giants to a comeback win over the Packers on Monday Night Football last week. So, all of a sudden, everybody's getting uh, up in arms over the appearance fee doubling. Coniglio's uh, decided they were not going to be shelling out twenty grand because of a Monday Night win, especially after the clunker that DeVito had uh, against uh, New Orleans this weekend. So, you know what happens? Today, today, Tommy DeVito, shows up at Coniglio's, an unpaid appearance, and signs autographs for no money and makes good on the issue with the agent and what ended up happening. Apparently, This is probably Tommy DeVito saying, look, I'm probably enjoying my 15 minutes of fame right now, but it's down to nine minutes of fame. So rather than try to stick it to a New Jersey pizzeria that was going to give me 10 grand, let's just do it right 
and show up there and uh, and and do what what I should have done all along. So uh, this I don't really think. Sometimes I feel like when it comes to athletes, Adrian. They, they ask their agents to, to work in the best interest for them. The agents get greedy. I'm sure that the agent, uh, Sean Stellato, probably decided that DeVito deserves more than 10. So let's double it. Getting greedy. And uh, DeVito decided, now nah, I'll just do it for nothing. I love this story for so many reasons, and it starts with the fact that it was a place called uh, what, what was it? What's Caniglios. It Caniglios. It's it's a, it's starting with that that he's the Italian quarterback in the NFL that everybody's having so much fun. Everybody on the Saints, Steve, on Sunday is doing the Tommy DeVito celebration when they're sacking him, when they're having good success and stuff like that. So that's the downside of having a folk hero like Tommy DeVito on your team. But the upside is you get these fun stories, and it distracts you from how bad of a season this Giants team has had so yep. I'm cool with it I mean you know what the the real issues that are facing the New York Giants are you know you had a coach who was named coach of the year last year and now you're scratching your head about this year and and really wondering what's next for next year you have Daniel Jones who you just uh paid and you had Saquon Barkley on your roster who you just paid as well and you're re- really not going anywhere right now in an NFC East that includes Dallas and Philly but no let's just keep talking about Tommy DeVito and and uh, how he's turning down appearance fees and stuff like that. But and I love the Stilato is the best agent in the NFL right now. You know, move over Drew Rosenhaus. Uh, this guy's amazing. Oh, I love it too. It was it was, it was pretty funny. And the the uh, message is hilarious because when they put the Instagram post on there, this was the best. Uh, the line was at the end saying, "P.S. Sorry about that loss today, Giants fans, but we're Italian too, and don't like when someone says one thing." And does another, so there you go. And by the way, um, you know, let's they uh, they also had Eli Manning there uh, a while back to uh, to do some pizzas too. So yeah, funny stuff. I enjoyed it, pretty good. And uh, ultimately, all is well that ends well because of the um, you know fact that they were able to at least rectify the situation so i'm happy happy for uh happy for that story happy for coniglios he just needs uh sideburns steve he needs mm. some some more stuff to make him yeah. really feel like he's from jersey or something like that yeah good point but they're both italian so italians usually it. italians usually have a way of figuring things out making the best of situations. that's right yeah you know, Stilato's awesome yeah and tommy devito yeah and coniglios it's good stuff good stuff all right. By the way, when I get to Jersey again, when I get back to the East Coast, I need to go into to Coniglio's and try some pizza. That That's sounds right. It's a Brooklyn-based type of pizza, and Jersey can't go wrong with that, right? How much is your talent fee? Uh, yeah, it, it's it's not going to be— Less than 20000 right? Less than 10000 Nice. Yes, I think we'll be okay. Let's go to Memphis Drew. He joins us next on the Lions. Hey, Drew, how are you? Doing good, Steve. Awesome. Finally, Morant has come back to Memphis. How long will it last? I don't know. I think he's. What do you mean by that? I mean, how long till he gets suspended again? I hope. I hope he's learned his lesson there. We, we dug ourselves quite the hole, but maybe we can get into that uh, play-in tournament. What do you think? I don't know. I mean, they're so bad. They're 6-19. So think about this, okay? It's an 82-game season in the NBA. You've played 25, so you've almost played, um, you know, about, what, 30% of your games. And you're nine and a half back at Dallas. You only have six wins. So um, based on math, 
82 minus 25 is 57 games. So, let's just do some let's just let's just do some uh, some predictions. 57 games left. What do you think Memphis's record will be now that they have John Morant back? In those 57 games, what do they do? I think, do they, I think they'll play about um, around 600 basketball. 600 35 and 22? I guess. All right. Like that. Hey, I was good. Listen, I was good in math. I should not have been in radio. I should have been a, should have been a CPA or something. But 35 and 22. So, Drew, 35 and 22 makes them exactly 41 and 41, which means they finish the season 500. Now, if they finish the season 500 at 41 and 41, will they make the playoffs? Last year, in the play-in tournament, the final seed was 42 and 40. So they'll be right there on the bubble. Right there on the bubble. So we've pretty much mapped it out, right? We've talked about that. They have to basically go 35 and 22 over their final 27 games or better to have a realistic shot of getting into the postseason. Yeah, and some of the teams are stronger this year, like Minnesota and Oklahoma City. But That's true. Maybe injuries. May you know we've been uh, tremendously hindered by our injuries. Maybe some of these other teams uh, fall back down to earth. I'm hey, so interested got, to see what happens. I really am. Yeah, we got Tiger basketball. We made it in the top 25 now. Congratulations, Beat Clemson over the weekend. There you go, big win. We got Virginia tonight, so they're doing very well. And uh, my Memphis Tiger coach Ryan Silverfield, uh, he's got him in going to the Liberty Bowl. He's it, it's just the ninth straight year they've uh, been in bowl games. They, I, I'm I'm kind of glad he settled where he, you know, the record came out as it was. He lost three games, but he he lost to SMU and Tulane. That's what really hurt him. Otherwise, he would have garnered. Uh, some respect from the, you know, Power Five, you know, teams. So uh, I think we'll be able to keep him. Yeah, I think so too. You think they could beat Iowa State? I think so. They're, they're at home, and we got a kind of veteran quarterback. There's yeah. a there's a chance. There's a chance. It'll be a fun game. Them. All right, listen, Drew. Take care of yourself. Thanks for the call. We appreciate you. Forty three past the hour as the sports talk continues. All right. Michael Plundo, don't you feel like you want to just go to Jersey and eat at uh, Coniglio's Pizzeria? I could go for some pizza any day. What's your uh, What's your go to pizza in town? What do you like the best? Um, so you know, when I worked at Union over the summer, I really got to just get free food there, basically. So I'd eat a lot of the pizzas there on my free time. So that yeah, was fun. That's good plug, man. Good plug. I like that. So what you're saying is, go work at Union Draft House and get free food. Yep, like that, that. that's uh, that's what you got to do. All right, there it is. No, hey, listen, directly from the source, Adrian. That's it's about the best endorsement we can get, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, no Peter Piper, uh, nah. no pizza joint. No, I, I like the free stuff from Union Draft House. Wouldn't you like the free stuff if you were working at a place and they let you eat there too? Yeah, definitely. I would be pretty happy with that as well. All right, fours across the board. Back with more in a moment. Sports Talk continues, 600 ESPN El Paso. Sports Talk debut. I started thinking about this. Joel's been on since he was two. Benny, however, and his twin brother Jackson have never been on Sports Talk. So I'm excited about this. This will be fun. 
And uh, I know Benny's been studying his games, so he'll be ready to go when we uh, begin our, our 5 o'clock hour with Lane and, and, and pick football games. I think the two are going to have a great time with each other. Yeah, I'm really fired up about this, Steve. This is going to be a, this is a, uh, a highly anticipated segment here on Sports Talk. That's all I'll leave our listeners with. I thought having Lane with Zay would be the youngest uh, time like we've ever done in the history of the show. No, no, no. We're uh, we're topping that today. Yes, we that's are. That's right. We're letting we're letting Lane kind of look at the mirror and, and see what he might have been like uh, when he first started in the business. That's exactly what it's turning into today. We want we want Lane to come full circle and uh, and pick football games uh, against um, a sixth grader who in his spare time enjoys advising his uh, his dad on which parlays to bet on weekends. Are we thinking uh, he's going to be too cool for school, no pun intended, for schoolyard sports, or is he going to be accepting? I'm talking about Lane. I think Lane's going to be very, very accepting, and Lane is going to be gracious. I do. Let's go. Okay, great. And, I agree. And Benny is about the nicest kid you'll meet, so uh, very polite. Um, he has a mouth, but he knows not to, uh, you know, not to say anything on the air. He's he's been trained well, so um, you know that's good. But yeah, I think this is going to be uh, this is going to be a fun, uh, fun little piece of radio today. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. We've been saving it until the very end. Yeah, that's exactly right. And also, a good part about it is we're talking NFL the entire hour. So yes. it's going to be a lot of fun. I think so, too. So anyway, stay tuned for that, folks. It's coming up here at the top of our 5 o'clock hour. So we'll have Lane Frank, host of Schoolyard Sports Podcast. I believe it's um, – I think we're now up to 190 in terms of his uh, his episodes. It's fantastic. And also, uh, Benny will be here. So stay with us. Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso. Sports Studio. Here's Steve Kaplowitz and Adrian Broaddus. All right, welcome back, everybody. Hour number two of Sports Talk is underway. Could be the most anticipated, hyped hour of the show of the year. Think about this, Adrian. We have it is the nineteenth day of December, and we have we've done a lot of things on this show that um, have been memorable. But to be honest, today's show seems to be like we've taken it another level, another notch today. Don't you agree? I feel like we try to get to one milestone, yeah. and then once we hit that one milestone, hey, Lane Frank, along with UTEP Zay, the first two high schoolers to host sports talk, then we try to go for another milestone, and that's where we're at today, Steve, another milestone. We are. Now, uh, let me first welcome in Lane uh, to the show. Lane Frank, the host of uh, Schoolyard Sports, the weekly podcast. We're up to episode 150. That'll drop later this week. Uh, you've got a busy week. I know it's the last week of school for you, and then you're going to be heading out of town. you got a big cruise coming up and a little vacation I know you're excited about. Yeah, for sure. Definitely excited. Excited to be back on here today. I'm excited to have you here today, um, especially with the holidays. Uh, just We just uh, finished one set of holidays. We've got another set coming up. New Year is right around the corner. Can you believe that 2024 is almost here? Isn't that nuts? Crazy. What a sports year 2023 was. Been a great sports year, and, and hopefully the best is still yet to come. We'll see NFL playoffs, and then we've got uh, you know before you know it, bowl championship. Your team, University of Michigan. Uh, you're not going to the Rose Bowl. Not going to the Rose Bowl first day of the year. Rose Bowl could start out my year in a great way or a terrible way. We'll just have to see. Will you be able to go to the national championship game if Michigan plays? I think I'll definitely go to the championship game in Houston if Michigan is in it. But let's hope we can get there. That's exactly not going to be easy. Alabama's not going to be an easy, uh, easy test for you. Definitely not. Over the uh, last year and a half, since we started doing this contest with you, we start picking games. We've had everybody on the show. 
We've had sportscasters. We've had former players. We've had other members of the media. We've had the mayor of El Paso come on. Um, however, I thought it would be only fitting, since this is the last um, you know, of 2023 that you will be with us, and then we'll have you back in 2024. I felt it was finally good that you would come back to your roots, where it all started. Because when you began the Schoolyard Sports Podcast 150 episodes ago, how old were you at the time? 12 years old. What grade were you in? Going into seventh grade. Okay. So you were sixth going into seventh. Yep. We have brought here today a sixth grader who is 12 years old, just like you when you started. He goes to school at Hornado, and he is somebody who loves sports. I don't know if he loves it as much as you, but let me tell you this much. This kid is addicted. All he does is watch games, follows point spreads, trends, everything else you might imagine. And we've decided, let's see how you go one-on-one with Benny Kaplowitz. What do you think? This should be really fun. With that, let's welcome Benny to the show. You are the second uh, young Kaplowitz uh, who has been on this program. You now follow uh, Joel, my son, and you are my nephew. Welcome to the program. How you doing, Benny? I'm great. It's been real. I'm really excited to be here. <laughs> yeah. I know you're excited to be here. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself. I kind of gave them a little bit of an introduction, but uh, tell them about you know how much uh, you love sports, especially UTEP sports. Tell them what, what, what you know a little bit about you. Well, my name is Benjamin Kaplowitz, and uh, I really like sports. Um, it's my I love UTEP basketball. It's my favorite thing to watch and do. Is it really? Yeah. Now, funny, you introduced yourself as Benjamin Kaplowitz. We all call you Benny, <laughs> yeah. but your name is Benjamin, yep. right? Does anybody actually call you Benjamin in school, or is it only Benny? Um, sometimes my teachers do. Do they? Yeah. Okay. Now, um, this is going to be a little tricky for you today, because when you pick games against Lane, you're going to not pick them against the spread. You really like picking games against the spread, don't you? I do, yeah. I know. <laughs> now, you realize that as a 12-year-old, that is completely illegal, okay? But you can pick them for entertainment purposes only, or you can advise adults and see how you do. How do you usually do on picking against the spread? Well, I think I'm, I mean, better against the spread because, like, you just get more of, like, a, you get, how do you explain it, like... When you get the spread, you get like a... More points. Yeah, who's predicted. Yeah, so you kind of get a way of saying who's going to win. Now, uh, Lane, you can hear him crumbling papers. He did his homework. He has handwritten notes for the games this week as he gets ready to pick against you. That's how serious uh, Benny is taking this segment today. He's ready for the best NFL slate of the year. He, is this is this the yeah, best great. games you think of the of the whole season? I think so. We got the best game of the year: 49ers Ravens. Could this be a preview of the Super Bowl coming up in Vegas? Right now, you're asking the Super Bowl. There is no doubt: Ravens 49ers right now, Super Bowl. Why? Okay, 49ers. I can see. Why do you think the Ravens could be a Super Bowl pick? Tell me. It just seems like week in, week out, they're destroying the opponents. Now there have been some rough games. You look at the Browns game a few weeks ago. Probably should have won that game. Gave a bad comeback to Cleveland Browns. That didn't have Deshaun Watson at that point. Brown's playing pretty well, but we look at the rest of the AFC. I just don't trust the rest of the AFC. Look at Miami. They're going to lose this week to Dallas. Quick pick right there. How do you know they're going to lose to Dallas? They Did you see what the Cowboys did against Buffalo this past weekend on the road? And the Cowboys are not a great road team. That's in the freezing cold. Now you're playing in the heat in, in Miami. So you think that it's a completely different situation? It's a completely different situation. I think the Cowboys will play better in that one. Talk about that in a second. But Chiefs, look at them right now. It just doesn't seem like they're going to win a playoff game. doesn't seem like they're going to win a playoff game. 
How do you like? Uh, how about uh, the Bengals with Browning? They look fun. It's Jake Browning. It's still. It's fun. not Joe Burrow. It's Jake Browning. There's going to be something that goes wrong. But they have weapons. They have weapons, but you gotta get the ball to those weapons. They were down 14 points in that fourth quarter. What if Buffalo starts to get hot now and, and starts to play up to their capabilities? That's the one to look out for Buffalo. But again, any given Sunday, it looks like they can either beat you by 50 or lose by 50. I agree. Benny, uh, who's, who do you think right now is, uh, are the two best teams in the league? If you had to just pick them, who would you say they are? Well, I've been watching Hard Knocks, which is, you know, the episodes on HBO. And the Dolphins look really good. Just by the way the coaches just kind of with the players and interacting. Mm-hmm. I think the Dolphins got to be one of the best teams. Yeah, you like the Dolphins in the uh, AFC. Who do you like in the NFC right now? I still got to go with the 49ers. Yeah, they're tough. Yeah, they're a great team and so, a lot of depth for them. Now, your parents let you watch Hard Knocks because there is a lot of adult language on that show. <laughs> they don't have a problem with that? Uh, it's uh, <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Yeah. What's that? I was always watching Hard Knocks when I was a little kid. You're, well, your parents let you watch it at 8? Of course. It's Hard Knocks. Really? Y'all let everyone watch Hard Knocks. But did your parents have any idea what you were watching? Oh, yeah, they were watching it with me. Oh, they were? They were enjoying it, too. So as far as you're concerned, you've been indoctrinated to Hard Knocks since you were were little. Of course. I'm going to ask your parents about that later. Uh, Benny, it sounds like uh, since uh, you're hearing now uh, from Lane about how he was watching Hard Knocks, it's no big deal, right? Watching it at 12, it should be easy, right? How long have you been watching Hard Knocks? I think I've been watching it since I was like 9 or 10. I remember seeing the Raiders on it. Good. Good yeah. to see that the, the two parents are the same when it comes to the ability to watch these games <laughs> with your kids. I like that. Um, all right. So right now, Benny likes Miami. He likes San Francisco. You like uh, Baltimore and, and San Francisco. Were you both surprised that the Cowboys and the Eagles lost this past weekend? Definitely the Eagles one surprised me a little bit. I thought that it could get tripped up. Been some bad mistakes in this team. You look at the false start by Jason Kelsey. Looks like it's nothing. Ends up costing you four points, not a touchdown on that drive. Lose the game by three points. That's a big mistake right there. Some other things that'd be going on with the Eagles. That one surprised me a little bit. Look at the Cowboys. I thought there was a big chance they could lose that game, but I didn't think it'd be that bad. They got decimated on defense. Don't want to see that from Dan Quinn, their defense coordinator. Mm-hmm. I understand that. Um, and uh, what about you, Betty? Give me your thoughts on the Cowboys losing and the Eagles losing this past week. I mean, the Cowboys, that was a huge game going against a tougher opponent than they've played the whole season, and they still can't lose by 21. It's a huge loss for them. And for the Eagles, it's also a big loss for them, too. And I mean, I, I think this week they'll bounce back and get a win. Who's your favorite NFL team, Benny? I like the Panthers. Why do you like the Panthers? You know, uh, I was a bandwagon in 2015, and I liked uh, when they made it to the Super Bowl, and I liked Cam Newton, and now they suck. So, so you were a bandwagon fan when you were four. And now they suck, as you yeah. said. Well, are you excited they could get the first overall pick in the draft? Yeah, I think so. Didn't we trade our overall pick? Oh, that's right. Who'd they, who'd they drill to? the Bears. Oh, that's a terrible... Could be the first overall pick. Oh, that's yeah. a terrible trade. Who'd they get for them? Who'd they, they get? Got, well, that was the first round pick last year. That's what oh, they got. So, right. they, swapped, so they swapped it out. Yeah, right. yeah, they got DJ Moore, Bryce Young, all that. Yeah, all right. I understand. That's pretty good. Anyway, all right, listen, guys, are you guys ready to both start picking games? Are we excited about this? By the way, Benny, how are the uh, Miners going to do uh, coming up at the, uh, you know, the, the, the basketball tournament starting tomorrow and Thursday? Well, it's a big game against Norfolk State. I mean, they've played good. They played a good game against Hofstra, even though they lost. Um, barely lost to Stony Brook, which I think UTEP's better than them. I think we should finish second place. I mean, I don't think we're beating Wyoming and South Dakota State. Um, tough game, too. Doing his homework on Norfolk State. How do you like that? He's got some realistic expectations. I don't even think I made my homework. 
um, in some invitational. Well, he's 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 like he lives for this stuff. It's, he's ready U, for it. Yeah, Utah basketball is is where it's at. Uh, is there anything more frustrating right now than Utah basketball for you as a twelve year old super <laughs> fan? <laughs> um, no, not really. It's just frustrating seeing us lose. I mean, can't lose to Abilene Christian. Can't lose to Corpus Christi. Those are easy games that we should win. Don't you wish that as a kid you could enjoy a big season of Utah basketball? Yeah, it's like my dad's telling me stories of like how the stadium used to be packed and sell out and just kind of disappointing not seeing it like that. Would you like to jump on a bandwagon like Lane did with Michigan? Because, you know, as far as... <laughs> bandwagon? Well, yeah. I mean, you what are we talking about here? Because I have a very valid reason. Well, your parents went to school yeah. there. Hang on. Are you an Arizona basketball fan, Benny? I'm not. I feel like I'd be a bandwagon okay. if I like... See that? And his dad went to Arizona, and he's not a basketball fan for Arizona, and he could be. So you don't have to just jump on the Michigan bandwagon because your parents. You could have could have picked your own team and had your own identity. Yeah, but I got Michigan roots. There we go. He's got Arizona roots. How far is that going? Where's his UTEP roots? Uh, grew up a UTEP fan. His dad grew up going to games for years, just like uh, <laughs> your mom, just like your grandpa. Same thing, like same deal. Yeah. Right? I, mean, I used to be a UTEP fan, UTEP super fan when I was 12 also. I was making my homework on these teams. It was an exciting UTEP team. Bryson Williams, Jordan Lathan. Okay, so you, so basically you're telling me you were a fan, and now as you've gotten older, you've, you've evolved. Definitely. He's a media member. He's a media member? Can't be biased in the media. That's Unless true. It comes to Michigan. But you are the most biased media person I know. You're biased towards the Giants. You're biased towards Michigan. You have a lot of bias to you. You got this Michigan game going on TV right now. I'm going to watch this the whole time. You got me biased on that. Uh, um, do you think they're going to beat Florida? Up by 15 to 7 right now. Let's hope so. All right. Look, when we come back, we'll start with uh, Thursday's game, Saints-Rams. We'll go all the way through the NFL, and uh, we'll see who ends up uh, picking uh, these games against each other. It's Lane Frank and uh, Benny Kaplowitz as Sports Talk continues. First, though, let's go to Charlie One and get ourselves this traffic update. Welcome back, everybody, as we continue. Episode 150 for Schoolyard Sports will be dropping later this week with Lane Frank. We were just watching the first ever Schoolyard Sports trailer when uh, you were 12 years old. I love that trailer. I do. I think that's one of my favorite trailers about you. It's just, it's cool to see you at your roots. You get embarrassed about that or do you enjoy looking at it? I think I used to get embarrassed about it when I was 13, 14. Now I just look at it. It's pretty funny. It well, is funny. A long time ago. You've evolved in the last three plus years. You really have. So think about that. You have. The show's changed a little bit, hasn't it? Yeah, such a long time ago that was. Show's definitely changed now. I think I've changed a little bit as a sportscaster, but funny to look back on. You've gotten older. That's what it's about. Hey, uh, tell me about 150. What's going to be happening later this week when uh, we get ready for the schoolyard sports? Uh, so one of the big episodes. I always think 50 and 100 are the, really the two biggest episodes every, every time they drop. For sure. 150, last episode of the year. 50, epi- 50 episodes. Kind of crazy thing we're at this way. I'm going to give you my college ball playoff picks. Talk a lot NBA, NFL. Great episode. Go tune in later this week. All right. Dropping up schoolyard sports. Uh, meanwhile, Benny Kaplowitz is back with us, getting ready to pick uh, games. Uh, you've done your homework. You're ready. You've kind of uh, gotten a little bit, uh, you know, gotten comfortable here. Are we ready to pick uh, all these games here, going one-on-one against Lane? What do you think, Benny? We are ready. Yeah, definitely. All right. So here's the deal. Here's how this works, Benny. Let me explain this to you, okay? Um... And you can call me Uncle Steve. It's fine. It's 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 no problem. So um, we've got all these different games we're going to give you. Okay, well, I'll give you the records. I will give you the point spread only for entertainment purposes only. All right, nothing else. Now um, we're only going to pick winners, straight up winners. Easy. Is it easier picking winners in your mind or against the spread? You think the spread, huh? I think the spread. Yeah. All right. 
easier for me, yeah. Well, Ben, we'll, we'll challenge you a little bit. So let's get started. You'll have, you'll have first honors, too, Benny, since you're our celebrity guest this week, picking against uh, the host of Schoolyard Sports, Lane Frank, from our segment uh, brought to you by River Oaks Properties. Let's get with the Thursday game. This is the game on Prime Video, the 7-7 seven and seven Saints visiting the 7-7 seven and seven Rams out there at SoFi Stadium. Saints are 3-4 and four on the road. Rams are 4-3 and three at home. The spread, Rams by four at home. All right, you got first uh, dibs. Benny, who do we like and why? I like the Saints here. I mean, it, in the crazy NFC South, you got Panthers, who are not doing great. You got the Bucks, and you got the Falcons, all in a tight race. This is a huge win for the Saints that they need. So the Saints are going to win because it means something yeah. to them. All right, um, Benny's got New Orleans. What about you, Lane? All of the Rams have been playing great past few weeks. Tough loss to the Ravens a few weeks again. Overtime, they're going to bounce back, get a win right here. All right, so you disagree on that one. Good stuff. That takes us to the games coming up on Saturday the 23rd. We have two games. First, the NBC game at 2.30. It's going to be the Bengals-Steelers. Uh, this game from Acrisure Stadium in Pittsburgh. Steelers are 7-7, seven and 4-4 seven, four and four at home. Bengals are 8-6, and 3-3 three and three on the road. Cincinnati, Lane, two-and-a-half-point road favorites in this one. Mason Rudolph didn't get to start in this one for the Steelers. Excited to see that. But uh, let's go with the Bengals. Jake Browning, they get another win. Why? Just playing good football right now? Playing good football. Mason Rudolph, from his past starts in the past few seasons, has been pretty atrocious now. Let's see if he can switch things up, play his college days. But Jake Browning, he was a good college quarterback, too. Let's go with the Bengals. Backup quarterback battle. All right. Benny, right in front of that microphone, tell me. uh, Lane has the Bengals. Who are you taking and why on this one? Um, I like the Steelers on this one. I mean, even though both teams are plagued by injuries, uh, Cincinnati has Jamar Chase questionable. And the Steelers just, uh, they also have injuries, but... A lot of their players are questionable, which means they can play, right? Yeah. And I think at home they should get the win against a backup quarterback. All right. You like uh, Mason Rudolph for the Steelers do, in this yeah. one? Okay. That takes us to the late game. Late game is going to be on Peacock. The Chargers hosting the Bills. Bills are coming off that big win over the Cowboys. They're 8-6, and 2-4 and four on the road. Chargers are 5-9, and 2-5 and five at home. It's at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood. And here's maybe your first easy one of the day, Benny. Buffalo 12-point road favorites. I mean, I love the Bills on this one after the Chargers head coach gets fired in GM. I mean, that's huge. Like, that's it's going to win them games. Well, first off, Herbert's out for the year. Don't worry about that. Herbert's out for the year. And uh, not only that, uh, the backup quarterback just doesn't look very good, does yeah, he? Agreed. So you're going to go take the Bills. All right. Um, any question here, Lane, with Bills and uh, Chargers? Uh, no question here. In a dome, which could be a little tricky for the Bills, they usually play outdoors. As we all know, Bills go Buffalo. I know we're not picking spreads, but let's go minus 12, Buffalo. They're going to win by more than 12. So you think they're going to roll the Chargers? They're going to roll the Chargers. Buffalo, Josh Allen, playing great, gets that playoff. That takes us to the Sunday games. Let's get started. These are all Christmas Eve games, beginning with the 11 o'clock Commanders and Jets. We've already heard today the news. Aaron Rodgers will not play this season. The Jets are reeling. They're 5-9, and 3-5 and five at home. The Commanders are 4-10, and 3-5 and five on the road. Somebody's got to win this game, and Lane, the Jets are three-point favorites at home. This one's a bit tricky because what do the Jets have to fight for? They lost 30 to nothing last week. Zach Wilson got hurt. They're not playing great. Commanders, they put Jacoby Brissett in that quarterback last week. He had 100 yards on two drives. Sam Howell had 100 yards on about 10 drives. I'm actually going to go with the Commanders upset over the Jets. All right. Terrible Lane, battle. It's an awful football game. I, as a Jet fan, I, I don't even want to watch this game, and I won't, but that's uh, your pick. <laughs> Commanders over the Jets. Benny, your turn. Who do we like and why? I also love the Commanders. I mean, uh, Jets not playing great this season, and a bunch of terrible losses by them. I mean, I remember watching them lose to the Bills. Got to win that game, too. 
They beat the Bills, though. They beat the Bills. They beat the Texans. They beat the Eagles this season. The Jets, uh, they beat the Broncos. They've, they've just lost to everybody yeah. else. That's the problem, I Benny. mean, they lost, they lost to the Patriots. They I did. Got to win that game. They can never beat Bill Belichick. Never. So you're picking Commanders, Commanders. over the Jets. Yep. All right. That takes us now to our um, fifth game of the week. The Colts and Falcons doing battle from Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Falcons are one-point home favorites. They're 6-8 and eight on the season, 4-3 and three at home. Colts are 8-6, and 5-2 and two on the road. Benny, who do we like here? I love the Colts. I mean, they got to win this game to stay in the playoff picture and maybe to even keep their wild card spot. I think the Colts are going to destroy the Falcons. Uh, what do you think, Lane? Shane Steichen, great head coach, first-year head coach, co-win. Coach of the year. Let's go with the Colts over the Falcons. Falcons just look lost. Arthur Smith doesn't coach great. Let me go with the Colts. All right. Next up, Seahawks and Titans. This one's from Nissan Stadium in Nashville. Seahawks are 7-7 seven and seven after the big win last night at the end over the Eagles. They're 2-5 and five on the road, however. Titans are 5-9, and 4-3 and three at home. Trying to make sense of uh, Tennessee has not been easy this year, Lane. Seahawks are three-point road favorites. If it's Drew Luck, if it's Geno Smith, I don't care. Seahawks showed a lot of great stuff last week. They're going to win this football game. Derrick Henry doesn't look like he's in his prime, having one of the worst years of his career in his prime, you could say. So let's go with the Seahawks over the Titans. All right. Uh, what about you, Benny? Who do you think and why? I mean, I like the Colts in this one. Yeah. The Seahawks <laughs> or the Titans? I like the Titans in this one. Um, just a big win. I like Derrick Henry. I think he's playing good this year. I mean, not his best, obviously. but. Well, hang on now. Wait a minute. Well, let's, let's stop the show for a second. Now. Uh, you like Derrick Henry. I do. Lane just said it's one of the worst seasons ever. Now, Lane, I got to ask you this. Derrick Henry has almost 900 rushing yards and 10 touchdowns. Okay. Four yards per carry. But there's a lot of guys having worse seasons statistically. So when we look at now, it's not the normal Derrick Henry season, but he's still probably what? Top, uh, top you know, 10 overall in rushing right now? He's got 230 carries, only 800 yards. That's what I'm looking at right now. Yeah, the, the, yeah 200, the, a lot of carries. There's no doubt about it. In fact, that's run heavy. could have the most carries. Uh, no, Christian McCaffrey has 244, but he's got 1,200 yards versus 800. Uh, Josh Jacobs is having a similar season. Same carries, but four less touchdowns. So, all right, I like that. I like the fact that you're going with the Seahawks. Benny's going with the Titans. I like it when you guys disagree. That's good stuff. Uh, that takes us to the next game, Lions and Vikings. This one from U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis, Minnesota, 7-7 seven and seven overall, 2-4 and four at home. Vikings, the uh, Lions are 10-4, and 5-2 on the road. Benny, Detroit, three-and-a-half-point road favorites. Yeah, I love Detroit in this game. I mean, um, Vikings without their star quarterback, Kirk Cousins, and the Lions just have played like themselves recently, and I think they should get the win and bounce back. What do you think, Lane? Yeah, I agree. Lions played great last week. They get a win right here. Lions over the Vikings, Nick Mullins, Vikings. Jaron Hall, Joshua Dobbs, doesn't matter who's the quarterback. They have issues at that position. Let's go with the Lions. They've got great security around the field. All right. Uh, two more early games, and then we'll break from SportsCenter and come back with more. Uh, Packers and Panthers. This game is at Charlotte and Bank of America Stadium. Benny's Panthers are just terrible. They're 2-12. and 12, They're 2-4 and four at home. They've won their two games at home. Packers are 6-8, and 2-5 on the road. They're five-point road favorites. This is not a good football game at all, so uh, what's going to happen here, Lane? Hey, I went pretty risky last week. I went Buccaneers of the Packers, that happened, and I went Panthers of the Falcons, also happened. But let's go with the Packers in this one. They should be at 8-6 and six right now, or better. Let's go with the Packers. I mean, a few really bad games. Past two weeks, they probably should have won, even though they didn't, and games before that, like the Raiders game, a few other games this season, just they've tripped up on. Jordan Love, they bounce back, they get a win over the Panthers. 
Benny, are you going to pick against your favorite team, or are you going to go with them? What do you think? All right, Uncle Steve, I'm going to go with the Packers. Panthers are terrible, and also um, they've got a lot of star players out today. All right. They got Ian Thomas, Hayden Hurst, and Terrence Marshall out. They should not win this game, and they should get blown out at home. Big injuries are going to hurt the Panthers. All right, so we'll pick uh, both of you pick the Packers. That takes us to the Browns and Texans. This will be the final early game of the day. It's going to be from NRG Stadium in Houston. Cleveland, one-point road favorites. They're 9-5. and five. Texans, 8-6. and six. All right, Benny, who do we like in this one? Well, it all depends if C.J. Stroud plays. If he does play, then I like the Texans. If he doesn't play, then I like the Browns, Steve. All right, now here's the problem. Okay, it's Tuesday. We don't know what's going to happen. So, gut feeling on this one. Uh, Adrian, help him out. Is C.J. Stroud going to play? What do you think? Well, I, I'm not sure either, Steve. I'll, I'll say yes. I'll say he plays in All this right. one. Uh, uh, no, no way you get out of the concussion. Two weeks. So, you know? Lane, what do you think? You think C.J. Stroud plays? I think Stroud plays, but they lose. All right, so hang on. So, wait a minute now. If you think C.J. if you both think C.J. Stroud plays, Benny, you're going to say that uh, Texans win if Stroud plays? Yes, they're going to win if Stroud plays. All right, so let's put uh, Benny down for the Texans, and I'll put a little Stroud in parentheses because that's what we're going with. Uh, you disagree, Lane? Definitely disagree on this one. I think Browns, great defense. Miles Garrett going to rattle C.J. Stroud. Coming off concussion, rookie quarterback. I like Miles Garrett and his defense to win it. Have you seen what Joe Flacco is doing with the Browns? He's great. He's been turning back the clock. He looks like a young Joe Flacco. It's an amazing story. It really is. Flacco wants to keep playing football because of this. This is how impressive it's been for him right now. It's pretty great. And the way they're using Dorian Thompson Robinson as well, it's working out for him, Ricky quarterback. Do they even need Sean Watson? No, but they paid him. Like but, they, but they've given him so much money, they have no choice. When you think about it, Joe Flacco's playing better than Sean did, but Joe Flacco isn't permanent. But Dorian Thompson Robinson playing at the same level. Deshaun Watson was all season. I agree. All right, listen, uh, we're through the early games. Adrian, this has been an interesting start to all these games so far. I like the where these two are going right now. I really do. Yeah, they're blazing through this, Steve. We're going right through it. Let's go to the afternoon games. I'm ready to go. We have four di- uh, differences of opinion in the early games. We'll get to the afternoon games in a moment. But before we do that, let's get right back to Adrian and get this Sports Center update in. Thank you very much. Um, there's money on the line with these picks, by the way. Uh, when Brad Dubow beat Lane earlier this season in a tiebreaker, it was a $1 bet. And now Brad is going double or nothing and putting his money on on uh, Benny today. So nice. There is, there is a, there's $2 on the line. And if Lane wins, then you're even. So you don't want to owe... You don't want to owe my boss two dollars, do you? It's too much money. I, I thought so. I agree with you. So let's let's get right to it. We'll get continue with the uh, afternoon games right now, starting with Jacksonville and uh, Tampa Bay. Jaguars are eight and six, five and one on the road. They've been terrific on the road. Bucks are seven and seven, three and three at home. It's at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. Bucks Lane are one point favorites at home. Who are we taking and why? Let's take the Bucks in this one. Baker Mayfield played like a franchise quarterback last week. Perfect. Passer rating. Buccaneers, they're on a roll. They're going to get to 8 and 7. Jaguars dropped 8 and 7. Uh, what do you think, Benny? Yeah, I agree. Uh, Christian Kirk is, um, he's not going to play, I don't think. And I think, yeah, Buccaneers will win. All right, so you're both going with the Bucks here. That takes us to um, our second game, which will be the Cardinals and the Bears. Cards are 3 and 11, 1 and 6 on the road. Bears are 5 and 9, 3 and 3 at home. It's at Soldier Field in Chicago. And, uh, Benny, the Bears are four-and-a-half-point home favorites. Yeah, um, I like the Bears in this one, too. I mean, 
I don't know a lot about both of these teams, but I think if the Bears are favored, they should win the game. It's hard to know a lot about these teams. I mean, they're practically never on TV. They're both having terrible seasons, so I get that. Uh, Lane, do you agree with Benny on the Bears over the cards? I do agree with him on the Bears over the cards, but it's a little confusing with the Bears right here because you think about it, some games they play like they can be Super Bowl contenders. You look at the first half of the Broncos again in the season, mm-hmm. first half of last week's game, but there's just one thing missing. Maybe it's the culture because the Darnell Mooney drop on the Hail Mary is terrible. Maybe it's the coaching. Maybe it's Justin Fields, but something big needs to change in those soft season. I believe that. Let's go with the Bears, though. They get a nice win over the Cardinals. Okay. That takes us now to the card, the uh, Cowboys and the Dolphins, a battle of 10-4 and four teams. I'm looking forward to this game. It's at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami Gardens. Dolphins are 10-4, and 6-1 and one at home. Cowboys are 10-4, and 3-4 four, and four on the road. Lane, Dolphins, one-and-a-half-point favorites at home in this one. I think the Cowboys the upset right here. Dallas, they bounced back. Tough loss last week. They bounced back. Get a win over 500 this week. They haven't beaten teams over 500 in a while. They get a nice one right here. What's the difference in this one in your opinion? I think it's going to be close. Let's go 31-20, to 20, Cowboys. Okay. Uh, what about you, Benny? Do you agree with Lane and picking the Cowboys on the road? I do not. I like the Dolphins in this game. I mean, the Dolphins, I think, have a better QB in this. I mean, just by stats-wise, I think to attack a Tagovailoa is a better QB. Well, Tua's having a great season, right? 25 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Uh, Dak's been great, too, but you like Tua in the head-to-head matchup. Yeah, if you look at the the wide receivers, too. I mean, I think Miami has the better wide receivers. I think they're just a better team right now. All right. Benny going uh, with, with the Dolphins over the Cowboys. That takes us to our Sunday night game. It's on the NFL Network. Pats, uh, Pats and Broncos are going to be doing battle from Denver and uh, Empower Field. Here we go with this one. Pats are 3-11, and 2-4 and four on the road. Broncos are 7-7, 4-3 seven and seven, four and three at home. Denver, Benny, a seven-point favorite. Who do we like and why? Um, I like Denver, Uncle Steve. Uh, Bill Belichick just not doing, just not doing uh, what he's used to be doing. I mean, Denver looks like the clear favorite in this game. All right, what do you think, Lane? Broncos are a good team, bad record. They bounced back this week after a tough loss last week. Patriots, the straw is over. Bill Belichick, rumors coming out every week now that he's done with the Patriots. They've known that for a few weeks now. Broncos over the Pats. I still love Bailey Zappi. See the first half of he that had game a great against game. Yeah, like he did. Sixteen of eighteen. I know. And then they went conservative in the second half, and that was the end of that. But I do like what Tanked I've seen. It. I still Tanked. love Tank yep. when he torched UTEP when he was at Houston Baptist. He was, he was incredible. I was, we were at that game. We were talking about it on the radio, Kid and I, a few weeks ago. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. It was a big one. All right, we have three games on Christmas Day. Let's take care of these right now. we got an 11 o'clock, a 2.30, and a 6.15. We'll begin with the early game. Raiders and Chiefs from Arrowhead in Kansas City. Raiders are 6-8, and 1-5 one and five on the road. Chiefs are 9-5, and 4-3 and three at home. Kansas City Lane, 10-point favorites. So it's not such a easy, easy Chiefs win because nothing is nowadays. Last time these two teams played, it was 14-0 Raiders in the first quarter. Then Chiefs ended up smoking them. And then, let's go with the Chiefs, but you look at it. Patrick Mahomes, 25 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. That's not good. That's not Patrick Mahomes-esque numbers. A few years ago, it's Super Bowl season. It's about 30 touchdowns, 2-3 interceptions on season. So... Some of these picks aren't his fault, but still, Chiefs over the Raiders. Some things need to change over Kansas City this offseason, where it's the wide receivers. Defense, something needs to change. They're not going to win the Super Bowl. All right. Uh, Benny Kaplowitz, what do you think is going to happen here when the uh, Chiefs and Raiders do battle? I totally agree with you. I mean, um, the Chiefs uh, should win this game. I mean, I think they're the better team, but <clears throat> from how the Raiders are playing, yeah, I mean, I think it'll be a close game. Three-point game, 27-24. But you, but you like Kansas City? I do, yeah. Okay, but you think that uh, the Raiders would cover the 10-point spread is what you're telling me. I do, yeah. 
All right. I love this part of the show. This is my favorite. This is when Benny really digs in and gives you what you want, the, the point spread approach. All right. Uh, we got two games left. Giants-Eagles. This is an NFC East showdown uh, in uh, Philly at uh, Lincoln Financial Field. Giants are 5-9, and 2-6 and six on the road. The Eagles, they've lost three in a row. They're 10-4, and 5-1 and one at home. They are 12-point favorites over Tommy DeVito and the Giants. Benny, lead us off. I love the Eagles in this game. I mean, Tommy DeVito just, <laughs> I'm not even sure he's a quarterback. They found him off the street. <laughs> they did find him off the street. That's probably the case. And he, he struggled against New Orleans, although yeah. he did have a couple of good weeks prior to. You don't think DeVito bounces back against the Eagles? I do not. It's going to be a blowout. All right. What do you, now, you're a diehard Giants fan, Lane. I know that's tough to hear, but what do you think? You're realistic. What do you think is going to happen? No, I like DeVito. I really like DeVito. I hope he can be a good quarterback, backup quarterback, and might be in the NFL. But good thing for the Eagles, three losing, three straight losses, you're playing the New York Giants. If you're losing three straight games, you're lucky if you get a matchup against the New York Giants, one of the worst teams in the NFL. Eagles throttle the Giants. All right. Takes us to our final game Monday, the Ravens and 49ers. It's the game everybody's waiting for. Could be a preview of the Super Bowl. 49ers are 11-3, and 5-1 and one at home. Ravens are 11-3, and 6-1 and one on the road. It's in Santa Clara at Levi's Stadium. Lane, 49ers, five-and-a-half-point favorites. The best game of the year, the 49ers, the franchise Jim Harbaugh built, and the Ravens, the franchise John Harbaugh built. Harbaugh family doing some things over there, even though Jim not the 49ers anymore. But the 49ers make everything look so easy. The way they use Christian McCaffrey, the way they use Brock Purdy, that defense, Trent Williams, Debo Samuel, defense, like I said, Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, everything looks so easy for them. And then for the Ravens side things, Lamar Jackson may not put the biggest numbers, but they win games. They have a good enough defense. I'm going to go with the 49ers, but this can be a great game. Let's go 30 24, 49ers over the Ravens. Mm, 49ers cover by a half a point. I like it's be a that. Game. 30, 24. Benny, what's going to happen? Yeah, I agree. If it was at in Baltimore, I would think that the Ravens would win. But since it's at 49ers, they got a great fan base, and they've got great players. They got, like I said, depth. They got a lot of, like, their couple good defensive players come out. They've got even better ones that are just as good to come right back in. I think the 49ers will win this game. Gentlemen, who is the MVP of the 49ers right now? Because we had this debate on Sports Talk. Do you give it to McCaffrey on offense or do you give it to Purdy? Uh, Benny, who, about, who, who would you give it to, Purdy or McCaffrey? I would give it to Purdy. Purdy, 3,795 3, yards, um, 29 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. That's MVP numbers. All right, what do you think, uh, Lane? I'm going to go with Purdy also. Two of their losses this season have just been from him having a concussion, the Vikings game, the playing again next week against the Bengals. Purdy's just been great. He's lit up everything on this team. What do you see from last year? Jimmy Garoppolo did not get McCaffrey involved as much. He did not get Debo Samuel involved as much. He did not get anything involved as much. And someone asked Kyle Shanahan, they said, looks like everybody's just playing better this season. He said, nah, Brock's just getting them the ball better. He's opened up the playbook a little bit more, doing a lot more stuff for us. So it's Purdy. All right. Listen, you two have been terrific. I appreciate you both being here today and giving us some great time on this Tuesday before the holidays. Um, Benny, uh, you, you, again, I, I enjoyed the conversation with you. The next time you come back, you'll pick against the spread. How's that? That's great. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> I can tell. you got a big smile on your face when you're hearing point spreads. I understand. Lane, it's going to be a good one. You guys disagreed on five games, which means we will have a winner this week. Sure. Excited to see that. Great week, Steve. I'm looking forward to it. you think you're going to have the edge over Benny? Because it should be a pretty good one this week. I always think I'll have the edge. That's true. We got it. 
All right. 150 dropping later this week. Have a great holiday, a great new year, and we're looking forward to seeing you back in 2024. Of course. You too, Steve. Thank you, Adrian. Appreciate right. you guys. Good job. All right, Benny, thanks for being here. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Any, uh, any shout-outs you'd like to give to anybody uh, before we wrap things up? You want to say uh, thank you to your parents or anything? Yeah, thank you to my dad, mom, and my brother, Jackson. I know you're listening, Jackson. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <Don't> say that. <laughs> Sounds good. There he is, uh, Benny and Lane, this week as we continue here on Sports Talk. Come back, wrap up hour number two in a moment. Stay with us. 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, back here on Sports Talk as we wind up our number two uh, of the show. My thanks to uh, Lane and Benny for joining us. And uh, good stuff uh, with those two. And uh, I thought uh, it went exactly the way I expected it to go. They they both uh, picked, uh, you know, a lot of games together, but some, some difference. And uh, I don't know, between the Saints-Rams, Bengals-Steelers, Seahawks-Titans, uh, Cowboys-Dolphins, and also the Browns-Texans, those are going to be the games that uh, will determine who survives uh, past each other this week. It was a good time. I enjoyed that one, uh, Adrian. I enjoyed it uh, greatly, Steve. It was awesome. We've got uh, I got a lot of text from it. We got some app chat messages. And my favorite part was hearing Uncle Steve. Just It's such a genuine approach from Benny. I love it. He even said to me during the break, he goes, can I call you Uncle Steve? And I said, of course you can call me Uncle Steve. You call me Uncle Steve anyway when you're around. So it's, it's, it's not a problem anyway. Yeah, I I enjoyed that. Uh, enjoyed that too, and had a good time with them. So it was uh, a lot of fun, and uh, we will get a chance to uh, talk to Lane again uh, at the beginning of 2024. And uh, he is off to uh, the Caribbean for a nice little vacation, a little R and R, and then he'll be back and uh, have a chance to talk about that Michigan Alabama game. And by then, we'll know if Michigan's playing in the national championship or not. Yeah, and he has the right to be a little concerned. I mean, both sides, right? It's going to be an exciting game. Uh, Michigan, Alabama, Milrow coming back to Alabama, so yep. they've got some uh, clarity as to what their future looks like. And then for Harbaugh. He's been rumored in a lot of NFL head coaching vacancies, and you got to think about the scandals that have piled up in Michigan. Is it finally his, or is it his final ride? I should say here in college football, it might be. You know what's interesting? Speaking of college football, this story just broke uh, during uh, our show, uh, our, our last segment, actually, that Florida State, according to ESPN.com senior writer Andrea Adelson is uh, now still thinking about their long-term future in the ACC after the omission from the college football playoffs earlier this month. Apparently, the undefeated season through the ACC and getting snubbed into the round of four is making uh, Florida State uh, reevaluate themselves to think, is it really worth sticking around in this conference long-term? Yeah, and I think that this this part right here might be a little... um... Uh, disingenuous, and I, I'm saying this by uh, also understanding that both Clemson and Florida State have probably both flirted with the SEC yep. behind closed doors throughout this entire season and all of this, and they're just using uh, this college football playoff snub as an excuse to reopen this discussion. And maybe that's why the ACC expanded the way it did, Steve, uh, snatching schools like Stanford and Cal. So that that might be the reason why they try to acquire more squads versus uh, – uh, being worried once uh, Florida State, it seems like it's inevitable once they end up leaving. Listen, if they do, I mean, could you imagine Florida State paying an exit fee of a hundred and twenty million 
to leave the ACC. That's yes. the, that's a lot of money to, to get out of a conference. Yeah, but they've got money, and they they, they spend, do. They spend their money all the time. They spend their money on their head coaches. Yep. They want to also be as competitive as their rivals, the Florida Gators. And right now, they don't they don't have the seat at the table as some of these other uh, schools. And so to move over to the SEC, sure, it seems like a copycat move. But for Florida State and for all the donors and all the money that they've got, maybe it's deserving for them. Michael Plundo is with us right now, along with Alberta. we got a nice full house here today. It's a busy studio. Michael, you tell me, if you were Florida State, would you stay put in the ACC or would you get the heck out of Dodge? Um, I'd obviously consider all options before making a final decision, of course. But if I'm the Florida State uh, athletic president right now, I'd honestly just look for new opportunities and see how it's beneficial to your team and if you can really make some type of good, you know, ratings off of this or if you really think that staying in the ACC which you you know the conference that you've been in for I don't even know how long now but if you just want to stay there and continue to just move track with Jordan Travis next year who got hurt I forgot what game it was but he got hurt midseason and that kind of doomed all hope but I mean they won every game after they still were this powerhouse team I mean they're still a D1 power five school so I'm honestly going to stay in the ACC you know see what you can do with the full season under Jordan Travis meanwhile if you leave the ACC, where are you going? There's no guarantee the SEC wants you right now. So where would Florida State even go? That's another question. Well, I mean, maybe you even know if the SEC says no and the SEC says we're cool with where we're at, then yeah. maybe the Big Ten's open for business. If they're not, then, then you what? stay. Then you stay in the ACC because the attraction of going to like a, the Big 12, yep. I mean, that seems like kind of an, uh, a linear move right there. It's not necessarily a huge step forward. And I think I think the SEC is a huge step forward. Plus, if you're um, Florida State, you don't pull a San Diego State and announce you're leaving before you really have a game plan of where you're going. Right. That really set the precedent in all the wrong ways, right? Sure did. All right. Two hours down, one to go. Looking forward to spending our 6 o'clock hour with you. Sports Talk continues right here. 600 ESPN El Paso. From the 600 ESPN El Paso River Oaks Property Schoolyard Sports Studio, here's Steve Kaplowitz and Adrian Broadus. All right, here we go. Hour number three of Sports Talk underway. Along with uh, Adrian, Alberto, Michael Plundo, Steve Kaplowitz here. Congratulations, by the way, to UTEP Zay. Uh, Big Game Boomer put out the best account to follow for every school for the 2023 season. And UTEP Zay able to get the uh, the edge. I mean, listen, be honest with you. The best three accounts for uh, UTEP for a follow, in my mind, uh, Adrian, Colin Deaver, and UTEP Zay. In no particular order, by the way. They're all great. But the fact that Big Game Boomer chose UTEP Zay, that is, um, that is fantastic. That is phenomenal. So, way to go, uh, Zay, on that one. I love that. Hey, by the way, tomorrow is signing day for UTEP football. There are names pouring in right now for this signing class. Pouring in. Um, Former Austin P. all-conference wide receiver transfer, Trey Goodman, who had seven touchdowns receiving and 721 yards. He's going to be coming to the minors. Speaking of wide receivers, um, Mill Creek, Georgia, three-star wide receiver defensive back Justin Content will be committing to UTEP. He was a former Western Kentucky commit 
who also had offers from Coastal Carolina, Army, Air Force, and more. He's coming to UTEP. Um, and that's some good news. Also, Isaiah Wright, who is another transfer. He is uh, coming to UTEP, and it looks like he is probably a linebacker, plays on the DL. Uh, speaking of linebackers, Trey Dunson committed to UTEP. He held offers from La Tech, Arkansas State, Jackson State, Arizona State, and Trey Dunson from Gardner-Webb committing to UTEP. Um, that is also uh, big news when you start to look at it. We have Kenneth Odom, who committed to UTEP. Um, we also have, uh, now, again, a lot of offers. They haven't been co- uh, commits, but they're offers. Um, former UCF transfer, Kilgore College star Jalen Griffin, he's a receiver. He's been offered by UTEP. Um, Marquez Taylor, who is also going to be coming uh, to UTEP football. So that is uh, good news. You got the quarterbacks, J.P. Pickles, my favorite name in, in all of college sports. He's coming to the minors. Skyler Locklear is the uh, former backup at Austin P. He's going to be coming. Um, Jaden Smith, who was an Eastern Kentucky transfer-wide receiver, 781 receiving yards, five receiving touchdowns this past season. He's coming over to the minors. So yeah, a lot of people, Adrian, a lot of people right now are uh, are committing with UTEP. Yeah, and I think that one of the things that I'm still looking for is a marquee player, like a guy that you're uh, bringing from maybe uh, the SEC ranks, the Big 12 ranks, somebody who has some kind of star power to them. And maybe they're a top JUCO player, and maybe that's uh, something that Scotty Walden announces tomorrow at early signing day. But I'm looking for a splash guy. I think what we're seeing so far is a mix of FCS transfers, so that's Scotty Walden really tapping into that Austin P connection. He's got his running back, his receiver, a linebacker, a defensive tackle from there, all committed. Uh, You're seeing some junior college guys making the transfer over to UTEP. You're seeing several guys who've held Division I offers uh, go to UTEP from high school, but you haven't really seen a marquee player out of the transfer portal yet commit to the minors. So maybe we see some of those players commit as early as tomorrow for early signing day. We've got a line ringing in right now, 505-6009. That is our telephone number, 505-6009, as we continue here on Sports Talk. So if you have uh, the opportunity to get into the show, we'd love to hear from you. We'll take calls all the way through till 7 o'clock, by the way. Uh, but with tomorrow being signing day, I am very interested to see who, in fact, uh, UTEP will ink when it is all said and done, because a lot of these names have not been posted yet on 247sports.com. They will be, and when they are, that's when we'll really start to find out uh, a little bit about how good this class fares. So we'll keep an eye on that. And uh, by the way, tomorrow, big show. Adrian will be hosting for me. Tomorrow and Thursday, I will be off. I will actually, well, I'm not off. I'm, I'm working. I just will not be working sports talk. I will actually be doing the TV play-by-play for this year's West Star Don Haskins Sun Bowl Invitation and uh, doing four games, both uh, games each day with Leonard Owens, former UTEP minor, who I'm looking forward to working with uh, from the Haskins Center. So uh, Adrian will be hosting, and tomorrow at uh, 5 o'clock, I believe, 
You have uh, Scotty Walden coming by to talk about the class. Yes, so we'll be at the district, 3233 North Mesa. Great Wednesday specials, great happy hour specials all the way up till 6 o'clock. So if you want to catch, uh, of course, the West Star Don Haskins Sun Bowl Invitational, uh, stop on by the district west beforehand and maybe even meet Scotty Walden, UTEP's head coach uh, for football. He's going to be stopping by tomorrow at 5 o'clock to talk about this signing class. He's going to have a lot to talk about, isn't he? Oh, yeah. I mean, actually, I have a lot to catch up with him about. First time actually meeting him in person, so looking forward to it. That'll be awesome. Um, And meanwhile, when you start to look at all these names coming in, how big is this class going to be when it's all said and done? Well, I mean, it should be. Okay, look, Steve, they they had 21 in the portal, right? Okay, seven of those 21 players were all-conference players, okay? So of those seven, Kelly Akari just committed to Mississippi State today. Justin Mayer committed to Colorado. Uh, You had Kelly, uh, excuse me, I already said Kelly. Kobe Hilton uh, committed to Oklahoma State over the weekend. Still don't know about Deion Hankins. Uh, still, or you, you found out that James Neal is committed to Texas State, so that's the other one. Josh Sloan committed to Memphis, and the only one that you're also looking at right now, Deion Hankins. That's the big name that a lot of people are wondering whether or not he's going to end up leaving or staying. Uh, Maurice Westmoreland never hit the portal, so the fact that he's still with the team, maybe he runs it back with UTEP another year. That would be big news, wouldn't it? I mean, it's not to say that it's too late. Guys can still enter the portal, I believe. It's not over yet, right. is it? It's it's not late, uh, and the other the seventh guy on that list was Praise Mayule, but he's graduated, so yeah. uh, he's not coming back, and he doesn't have an extra year. No, but um, the Mo West Mo Westmoreland's a big name for this defense, right? He really is. Yeah, and Kanias Vaughn is another big name too, and he's in the portal. So if you if you I think if you keep one of those three top level pass rushers on your team next year, if it's Maurice Westmoreland, if it's Kanias Vaughn, that's huge for the Miners moving forward. Yep, absolutely. Let's go back to the phones right now. Rob's joining us to begin our number. Number three of the show, 505-6009. Hey, Rob, how are you? Oh, I'm doing good. Just happy to hear about all the signings and stuff. Um, I just, like, I, I know people, like, you know, ragged on Demo the last couple months, but I, I don't think they ever had a bad roster. I think last year's roster was really impressive, and you're, you know, you're seeing that with, with where they're going uh, you know, the, the, some of them, I think some of them got some all-conference honors and where they're transferring. So the issue was never players. And I, I'm i not surprised that he's getting good players to come here. I, I think the players isn't going to be where he separates them from, you know, the last staff or two. I think it's going to be, uh, you know, the coaching. Yep. And from, from the looks of it, he's, he's stacking up, you know, the receivers and all that. It's going to be a receiver by – I really like that guy Odom just because – I saw his size, and I have a feeling he's just going to be like a like a gadget guy. He's like five eight. He's going to be like, uh, you know, like a Sproles type of player. Um, but yeah, I agree. I, I think I think what they are missing is, uh, I think maybe he might be waiting on a on a quarterback because uh, maybe some senior grad transfer that just has a lot of experience. But I, I've been seeing all the signings for quarterback, and um, I just haven't seen one that says that's. That's going to be the starter, unless he's going to go into an open competition with three or four guys. But well, I, I think that's what that's what I'm waiting for is kind of that that quarterback that got promised maybe a starting spot. He's been somewhere for three years and he's ready to leave and he's ready to take the reins. I'm looking for some senior, some senior type of quarterback. And then the other thing I saw that's missing that probably won't come till the spring is is the high school guys probably. The guys that aren't going to play next year, but kind of the guys that you you want in the wings for the next 
a couple years, but he, I mean, he's doing what I expected. A lot of transfers and um, a lot of receivers. And it's kind of interesting to see where every coach gets their guys from. Like, um, you would see Mike Price get a lot of guys from California. Uh, Demo had some, some Texas ties, some Juco ties, and Walden seems to be going um, way out east, which is pretty interesting to me. So, um, overall, I'm, I'm really happy with the start. I mean, it's happened very quick. And, uh, like I said, he doesn't have to out-recruit uh, Texas Tech and Baylor. He just has to out-recruit, you know, New Mexico State and Jackson State. So, I think he's doing a good job. Let's talk about that, Rob. Appreciate the call. Thanks for getting in. Adrian, uh, a lot to unpack with Rob's comments, uh, what we talked about. Let's begin with this one, okay? We could say that this is the best 3-9 and nine roster ever at UTEP because when you look at how stacked this team was from a transfer standpoint and where they are all going right now, these are not players that are making lateral moves. These are guys all getting an opportunity to play Power 5 football as a result of playing here at UTEP, which again, as Rob pointed out, says that unfortunately, the um, you know, it wasn't a matter of star talent. It was they just could not put it together and win football games. Yeah, I mean, seven players making an all-conference team when you're 3-9, and nine, that says a lot right there. And yep. I, I find it really interesting that these guys got the offers they did, and it's also by position, right? I mean, Kelly Akari's fielding offers by the likes of SEC teams like uh, Mississippi State where he commits and then even Auburn offers him so you you see what kind of uh, teams need what kind of positions whereas Deion Hankins his recruiting slowed down a little bit knowing that he only has offers from the likes of Texas Tech UConn and Tulsa right now not a not a lot of offers coming his way are you surprised that Hankins has not generated more bigger offers considering what he is and what he's been able to do when given the opportunity with the ball. Oh, no doubt about it. And I think it shows it's a it's a reflection of where the running back position really is. I mean, it's expendable. You could find a top-level guy in the transfer portal. You could maybe find a top-level guy on your own roster. So that position seems very expendable. It's kind of like what the NFL is experiencing right now with running backs. I love Torrance Burgess because of what I saw from him with his uh, season last year. And as of yesterday, he's only received offers from Prairie view A&M in Texas State, which yeah. again is surprising because I thought towards Burgess would be getting more offers. But don't be surprised if he ends up with the Bobcats because he has a great relationship with Barrick Neely, who had just been named running backs coach over there at Texas State. So I wouldn't be surprised if Torrance Burgess winds up over there. And he, that's, I mean, gosh, that offense, he could about, explode. Yeah, you talk about a great system for him. G.J. Kinney's offense is, is perfect for Torrance Burgess. Yeah, that's true. That is very, very true. Um, now, as far as what he talked about with the pipeline, let's get to that as well, because you he said it, Rob said it, they're going east, and they are, but you have to realize, Scotty Walden being, even though he's a Texas native, has been coaching the last, um, you know, four or five years over at Austin P, and he has connections to Tennessee, to Georgia, to Florida. That was their territory where they were going after players. Yeah, I like how he, Rob really pointed that out. East is where they're going. Tennessee is their bread and butter. And it's Austin P guys and the people that they have ties to. So it's all those types of people right there. And uh, expanding those uh, you know, those ties. The other thing that's pretty interesting, you talked about a Kilgore guy, a Tyler Junior College guy is already committed, and that means 
means that the relationships that the previous coaching staff had, Dana Dimmel, uh, they are trying to keep intact with Scotty Walden. I mean, they are really tapping into these JUCO pipelines still to try to get top-level talent. Now, let's talk about the quarterback situation because that was also brought up by Rob during that call. As of now, based on all the names we've been hearing at the quarterback spot, they're all young and outside of a backup at Austin P and and really that's it. You know, it seems to me like Cade McConnell is your favorite heading into 2024 unless they go into the portal and bring in somebody with some experience or one of these young freshmen come in and just dazzle right out of uh, spring camp. Yeah, and I think uh, Rob was saying, oh, well, where's that big star player going to come from thinking it would come from the quarterback position? When Dana Dimmel was hired at UTEP, the first player that he brought in was Kyle Oxley, who's the number one junior college prospect at the time. And at the time, everybody was really excited excited. Wow, this is Kai Loxley who's coming in. He went to Texas. He played for Charlie Strong. This guy could do a lot with Dana Dimmel. But what they failed to realize is he didn't do it at the Division One level. And I think that's real different. So I think um, you get caught up in stars. You get caught up in rankings. You get caught up in all this stuff that goes on in recruiting. I look at the trenches. How are you going to recruit the offensive line, defensive line, which I think UTEP really struggled this past year. Didn't really, it, they didn't struggle at the quarterback spot. Cade McConnell was a serviceable guy. Yep. And it, maybe if they want to make a quarterback change, do it over the summer. Do it, it make it open, make it an open, uh, you know, tr- quarterback room uh, going into the spring and see what kind of competition you can have. Is it interesting that you really haven't seen a lot of offensive linemen start to commit right now to yeah. UTEP? Yeah, there's a center and then there's a tackle from Austin P, and that's it. So it is a little weird. Because they have to replace five starters on their offensive line. All five are gone. So unless you're going to hope that Otis Pitts comes back out of the portal. Actually, if we had to go portal wish list right now, I'd put Otis Pitts atop my list right now, knowing what they need at the tackle position and the the fact that he has experience at this level. I also wonder, though, how much depth does UTEP really have at the offensive line spot that we didn't see enough of? Because they had so many veterans play over these last few years that they could have terrific players in waiting in the offensive line positions. They just haven't had really a chance because their O-line has been so much uh, so much experience and, and, and so good. Yeah, think about it. They started a lot of, or they had to play uh, late into the season a lot of guys who did not have experience. Elijah Klein suffered injuries this year. Uh, Andrew Mayer suffered injuries. Uh, you know, you had Stephen Hubbard pretty much mm-hmm. uh, it, it, on IR quote-unquote this entire year. But the point is, they had to throw a lot of these younger offensive linemen out there. We saw Jaquan Thompson. He's a walk-on that Dana Dimmel really liked when uh, the season ended up. I talked about Otis Pitts gained a lot of um, experience this entire year for what he was able to do. Uh, but other than that, Steve, Cedric Luke had, didn't play a lot. Zer, uh, Azizi Henry, that's a name yep. to definitely look at if yep. he comes back. And then Tyrone McDuffie. He didn't get to really see the field. The star out of Parkland High School in his freshman season was redshirted. Maybe they throw him in the mix. Maybe he develops under this new coaching staff. No doubt about it. He was supposed to be going to Colorado, so we realized just how good McDuffie was out of high school. So, all right, good stuff. Hey, we'll come back with more 19 Pass. Let's head over to Charlie One and get our first traffic update of our 6 o'clock commute. So, Metroplex, we have some rough spots left over on the west side, especially where we have North Desert and Transbound on a crash. That's North Desert and Transbound. Also, Mesa and Osborne. On a crash, give them plenty of room here in Central. Alameda and Paisano, busy intersections, still trying to sort out that crash with the wreckers and everything. On the east side, Lito Vino, Ben Crenshaw, we have a crash. Where we 
having the brakes, having the brakes, I didn't speed that us through my center area, traffic struggling also. I did a red both sides. I did West Hawkins all the way through to Spaghetti Bowl here. This is brought to you by Leo's Restaurant, City Factory, Rimcon. Leo's has a full-service bar, gift certificates available, family-owned and operated. Happy holidays from Leo's Restaurant, 7520, Rimcon. Charlie won 600, ESPN Power five opponents versus the other way. If you try to control the ball against a team that's going to out-physical you, yep. it just doesn't work. No, it doesn't. Uh, the, the onus is going to be on the UTEP defense because right. they're probably going to be out uh, on the field uh, twice as long as the offense every game. You're right, and that's why I, I feel like defense has to be the priority. J.J. Clark, uh, one of the top FCS coaches for defense, uh, he was awarded a big uh, a big recognition this past year for what he did with Austin P. See what he could do at this level. I mean, I, I wanted to see it so I could believe it, you know. I'm with you on that one, but I'm very conservative in year one. I, I yeah. do not, I do not have much expectation for year one. All I care about is they're fun to watch. That's it. That's it. that's the only thing I can say is they're fun to watch. They're competitive, but do I expect a lot of victories in year one? Absolutely not. No way. Uh, year one and year two of Dana Dimmel was brutal to watch at UTEP. One and eleven both seasons. Yeah. The first uh, season they snapped a twenty game losing streak to Rice, and that felt like a miracle in itself. And the second year they only, their only win against a team was against an FCS team in Houston Baptist. But it wasn't fun either. No, it was a close game that came down to the wire, and it was a game winning field goal by Gavin Beckley that ended up winning the game. Yeah. We'll come back, wrap things up, folks. Stay with us. Eighteen in front of seven. A sports talk continues. Six hundred ESPN El Paso.
Final countdown here on Sports Talk as we wind uh, things up. Tomorrow's signing day. Adrian's going to be live at the district. I'm going to be calling uh, some uh, West Star Don Haskins Sumble Invitation games tomorrow and Thursday. Excited about that. I've already been told uh, dress code, uh, sport coat or suit. Shirt, no tie. And I was going to wear... You know what I was going to break out? Hmm. I was going to break out the original Sun Bowl basketball committee tie from like 25 oh, years ago. That would have been excellent. Um, you could also gone a Santa uh, t- tie. You could have gone mm. a New Year's tie, maybe. That's true. A Hanukkah tie? Do you have a Hanukkah tie? No, I don't. Uh, I'm trying to think if I have a Santa tie. I've got some fun ties, though. I do have some funny ties. That our would be our cool. boss has some great ties. He was wearing a crazy one today. He that, was. You could have just asked for that one. That, he does have some good ties. Do you have any wacky ties in the collection? Yeah, I've got some weird ones. What's like your a whale. favorite weird tie? I got one that's like literally a bunch of whales. It looks like a Vineyard Vines. Like, oh, that's cool. Like a montage of ties, but it's orange. It's like bright orange. Orange, so it's a crazy one. And then I got a floral one just like that. It's all really? florals, like all flowers. Yeah. Oh, nice. Alberta, any uh, favorite ties for you that you can wear? Do you own a tie? I own one tie. One tie, Alberta. What is it. it? It's just like a red one. It goes with like my blue suit. Like I have a, it's like blue shirt, like baby blue shirt. So it's like a red tie. So Professional. You, that's all you have is one. I mean, do, do you, would you like another tie for the holidays or you really don't care? I do. I was thinking recently that I do need to start buying myself nicer clothes. So, yeah. what do they say? What's the, what's the saying? Uh, dress for the job you want, not the job you have. There so you I'm go. Like, I was going to say also uh, dress to impress. Also, yeah, that's like, right. Your how you dress is like even if you don't want it, people make inferences on that. They look at you up and down and like yep. they size you up. So, I, yeah, I need to always start dressing better, especially when I go to the games and stuff. I got you, Michael Plundo. How many ties do you own? I own quite a couple. I own about four. Cathedral's finest. You went from quite a couple to four. How the <laughs> heck? How was, how was you expecting you to say, I got a dozen of them, I've got 15 or 20? Well, I mean, I've, I got four. I've grown, Steve. You know, I'm, I've grown out of them, okay? They're, they're tiny, like, clip-ons that I had when I was in eighth grade from freshman to sophomore year. So, I mean, I grew out of those ties. I got bigger, more fancy ones now. What's so. your favorite tie that you have of the four you own? What's your favorite tie? <laughs> Um, my favorite one actually that I own right now is this purple tie. Okay. That's cool. I've got a hockey tie that I used to wear when I was doing buzzard games. Okay. It actually has a puck that like comes out of the tie. Now that's really cool. Are you a bow tie guy? No. Bolo tie. I, I'm, I'm now that's the Sun Bowl. That's like now you got to get a bolo tie for the Sun Bowl. You think so? Bolo yeah. tie? Yeah. I think that's what it is. That would be. No, it. Alberto, forget the rest of the ties. Just get bolo ties. Perfect. I, I'm gonna get bolos. All right, that's the end. That's, that's, I don't own one. You don't, but you, you're you're advising people to get bolo ties, but yes. you do not own a bolo. They look tie. nice. I gotta buy one myself. All right, that sounds that sounds like a winner. No, it's it's true. Um, you guys don't know this, but when Adrian uh, actually interned with us, we he, we nicknamed him Wall Street because his uh, profile on at the time Twitter was he was all decked out in like a suit, sport coat, tie. He didn't look like any. Anybody that would be working in sports media, he looked like somebody that would be handling my financial investments. So he was given the nickname Wall Street when he started, and it took a few years, but he finally uh, decided to update that uh, update that uh, profile. Yeah, I, I, I went very casual, guys. So uh, yeah, the lesson is when you get into sports media, make sure uh, what you wear initially is is. Uh, very impressive, right? I like what Alberto was saying. 
Dress to impress. I agree. Dress to impress. Tomorrow, you can uh, be impressed when Scotty Walden joins Adrian at the district at 5 o'clock tomorrow, 3233 North Mesa. He's going to have the brand new Minor Talk basketball t-shirts. Short or long sleeve? A short sleeve. We should have made them long sleeve. But next time around with our friends from Los and El Paso, thanks to Now on 5 Tours for doing this with us, uh, They we'll ask for some long sleeves. They even offered some hoodies in the future. So, really? Yes. Maybe we got to get that done. You know what's amazing? You've got Minor Talk shirts up the wazoo. I don't think I've seen a Sports Talk shirt ever. We had 600 ESPN El Paso shirts a long time ago, but as far as I can remember, there has never been a Sports Talk shirt made. And I kind of like that. I like the fact we've never had one made, but I love the fact that you've already gone through like the third generation of Minor Talk shirts. So I was thinking about this because we really got to start ramping merch up ahead of the Super Bowl. So I was thinking about this. We got to explore some good options coming up here ahead of Vegas. Like we got to get some good goodies or like giveaways to hand out to people. That would be fun. And our road to Las Vegas for the big game is going to be coming up before you know it. So we'll be talking more about that in the days and weeks to come. Oh, yeah. Have a great show Wednesday and Thursday. I'll see you back on Friday. Have a great call. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. Thank you very much. Alberto, thanks for handling things. Michael Plundo, welcome back and enjoy the vacation before you head back to Western Kentucky for spring ball. For Adrian Broadus, I'm Steve Kaplow. It's ESPN Radio is coming up next.